More than half of all companies globally are family-owned or operated. Family businesses contribute 70% of the world's GDP and account for 65% of jobs. Their voices are important. Their stories must be told. Brought to you by the award-winning publication, Tharavat Magazine. This is the Family Business Voice with your host, Ramya Elagami. On this episode of the Family Business Voice, Dr. Nupur Pavan Bang talks about share pledging, what it looks like in practice, where it works, and what family businesses should avoid. Dr. Bang, Associate Director of the Thomas Schmidt Heine Center for Family Enterprise at the Indian School of Business in Hyderabad, recently co-authored a study on the impact of share pledging for Indian firms. While it dispels some of the negative myths associated with share pledging, Dr. Bang's research also calls for caution, advocating a balanced approach for family enterprises considering the practice. Enjoy this episode with Nupur. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of the Family Business Voice. I'm very pleased today to be welcoming Nupur Pavan Bang, who is going to tell us about their new research that the Thomas Schmidt Heine Center for Family Enterprise in India has just published, which is entitled Share Pledging and Its Consequences, A Study of Indian Firms. Welcome, Nupur. Thank you, Ramya. It's a pleasure speaking to you. Nupur, we're going to dive straight in, but I think the most important thing, and here I'm taking a note from my academic friends, definitions are very important in academia, right? Like, so everything should start with a definition. So could we begin with a concise definition of what share pledging actually is? And then could you tell us what made you focus your research efforts on share pledging at this particular moment in time? So... Pledging is pretty much like any other uh, collateral. Pledging of shares is like keeping any other property on collateral to raise money. The only difference is that by virtue of being shares which are uh, kept with the financial institutions as collateral, the value of the shares fluctuate because they are listed on the stock exchanges. In India, share pledging has been very popular for decades now amongst promoters. So. Promoters is basically a term which is very unique to India. It's basically the primary shareholders of a, of a company. And they're often from the founding family. So as you would know that in India, the business landscape is pretty much dominated by family businesses. And the uh, businesses are known or closely identified with their promoters. So what happened was that during COVID times, you know, the, the share prices of many companies fell, which were external to the business of the company it was a totally unforeseen circumstances. And uh, because of which many of the financial institutions ended up selling, sh- sh- selling the pledged shares in the market, we saw many high profile companies uh, losing promoters losing their shareholding. Despite these cases, the phenomenon remained very, very popular. This paradox, you know, this anomaly, this paradox of negative popular perception, yet popularity of the phenomena, this piqued our interest in the topic, and we set on a journey to study various aspects of pledging. So consequences of pledging is just our first paper in the series, and you'll actually see many other papers coming in, in months to come. It's a fascinating topic and also a staggering number that you've mentioned there. So Explain to us what this means 
in a global context? I mean, do we see this just in India? Do we see this in other countries and other markets? Like how big a phenomenon is this? Yes, Ramya, we do see it in countries like like the United States, China, Taiwan, a few European nations as well. But uh, you know, the impact is much more for nations where uh, where the promoter shareholding is quite concentrated, or the firms have concentrated shareholdings rather than diversified shareholdings. So it's a form of external financing, if I'm understanding this correctly. Absolutely a form of external financing as far as India is concerned, and it's a very popular tool. Interesting, right? Like, so as you've mentioned, there's positive and negative cases, but just to contextualize your research a little bit more for our listeners, do you have some examples of where this practice went extremely poorly for the promoters and their families, like where, you know, ownership was lost or like, you know, cautionary tales, so to speak? There have been quite a few negative negative reactions of share pledging or negative consequences of share pledging and losing control of the business is just one of them. But investor reaction to share pledging, as soon as the news of share pledging comes into the market, you see that share prices take a dip. And we did an event study to look at the investor reaction. It's quite negative, both in the short run as well as in the long run, because it kind of, pledging kind of indicates that the firm is in trouble and the promoters themselves probably have no other means of raising capital. That's the reason they're pledging their shares because shares are often considered the family silver, right? I mean, you really don't want to pledge your shares unless it is absolutely necessary. So uh, very recently or last year, we had the case of Z Entertainment, Mr. Subhash Chandra, who built this media giant. So Z is actually one of the first private media companies in India, and it's a huge business group. So Mr. Subhash Chandra pledged most of the shares of his company to raise money for another group company. And of course, it's not just pledging alone. There are a lot of bad business decisions which are combined. Pledging just exaggerates or makes the impact worse. So last year, Mr. Mr. Chandra lost control of his companies. We have Jet Airways, the promoter. So it, it, it was one of the largest airlines in India and the promoter lost control of his firm. But these are all headline stories. You know, it, it comes as the headline in all the financial press. And that's the reason that it's looked at with a very, very negative connotation. So this almost sounds like a self-fulfilling prophecy. So if share pledging in and of itself already sends a negative message to the shareholders, does it immediately affect the market price when it takes effect there? How do people then do this strategically without falling into that trap, without it sending a negative communication to the market? Absolutely, Ramesh. So in fact, this is one of the reasons why we wanted to study this phenomena in such detail, that if it is so risky, why would it be so popular? You know, people would not really be using it so much. So yes, the immediate reaction is negative. But in many of these companies, for example, we have the Apollo Hospitals Group in India. We have the Asian Paints is a large business in the area of paints and uh, chemicals. We have the Granules India Pharma pharma company. They have used it quite well for growth, for buying back their own shares. And in the short run, yes, the share prices did fall. 
But over a period of time, they've done very well. The share prices have eventually gone up and the promoters have systematically reduced the amount of pledge that they had. In fact, in a few cases, they've also done away with it completely. What external factors, what macro factors represent a risk for companies that currently are practicing share pledging? Like macroeconomically speaking, what are the fundamentals we need to look out for when it comes to practicing share pledging? And how do you keep your family safe? Many of the times the promoters actually underestimate and they believe that the money that they are raising through pledging, they will be able to uh, make money, get good returns out of them and then de-pledge their shares, but it doesn't happen all the time. Some firms are able to do it. The difference that we find between firms that are able to uh, kind of do well and firms that are not able to uh, de-pledge ultimately is that the firms which which have a proper plan to, you know, where are they going to invest? What would be the uh, return on on that capital? How are they going to de-pledge? And they have a mechanism which says that beyond this, we will not pledge any further. So they do not undertake excessive pledging. And hence, they avoid uh, going to a stage where they may end up losing all shares in their firm. Are we talking about a direct correlation with how much governance is in place in these companies? How is that word used in relation to share pledging? Is there a correlation between good governance and the success of share pledging? So right now, there this word is not being used so much in the industry or in the in the media or, uh, or in the companies. But we want to show that through our study, we want to make it a big theme within pledging. That governance is very, very important. It has huge corporate governance implications. And pledging does result in a divergence in risks and rewards for the promoter because while the minority shareholders will end up having all the risks if something goes wrong, but the promoter has already taken out money in the form of a loan after pledging their shares. How pioneering is this research that you have just published? I'm very happy to tell you that, yes, it is quite pioneering for us to look at this, this phenomena from a family business angle. Globally itself, research on pledging is very, very sparse. In India, there are a couple of people who are doing research in the area of pledging, but they're looking at it more from a financial angle. They're looking at it more from the stock market reaction uh, to share pledging. But what we want to do is we want to look at a more balanced view. We also want to look at it from a strategy angle because we, we, uh, we firmly believe that if a phenomena is so popular, it cannot be all negative. And promoters definitely see some value in uh, using pledging as a tool to raise finance. So it's kind of a curious phenomena, given that it's undertaken again and again, in spite of the (laughs) negative effects. What has been the biggest surprise for you in doing this research? What did you find out that you did not expect to find necessarily? Taken aback by the scale of the potential loss of ownership control. Uh, that so many firms face and the associated impact that it will have on the promoting families and other stakeholders of the companies. Because uh, on an average in India, promoter shareholding of all firms, all listed firms is about 50%. So 
most of the promoters, I would say an average promoter actually has ownership control, uh, a slight majority ownership control of the firm. But if we take out the part that is pledged, and if we were to assume that they, they might end up losing control of the part that they have pledged, Similarly, uh, we were also, in fact, this is the wow factor, you know, and, and this is why we undertake more balanced studies. We were surprised to find that uh, while our large sample study does confirm the negative impacts of pledging, but when we study individual cases, we find that there are quite a few firms that have used pledging as a tool for uh, financing strategic initiatives, for expansion, for new venture creation, to buy back shares. And uh, such firms have been very, very systematic about you know, using these funds and uh, they have improved performance of the, of the firm. They have reduced pledging afterwards in a systematic way. So that's something that we really want to explore further because we want to see what is it that they are doing right. I find this very interesting how you talked about there actually being cases where maybe the decision to do this is not really being discussed within the current ownership structure, which of course can be highly problematic, especially when things go wrong. So why do you think that this conversation could be potentially difficult for a family and for family business owners to have? It would be good to create more awareness about, about this phenomenon because the impact is so high. You know, it's not about losing a few uh, millions here and there. It's about losing your entire firm. So the impact is so large that creating awareness amongst all family stakeholders is very important. I think the other side of the equation, though, is, of course, the regulatory side of this. Can you tell us a little bit more about, I mean, because businesses have to do so much to be listed on the stock market in the first place, right? Like from a regulatory point of view, from a governance point of view. So how can the regulatory side of things be a protective mechanism for family businesses when it comes to share pledging? There have been ongoing disclosure requirements which are introduced by SEBI, which says that you must disclose the purpose for which you're pledging. Is it personal? Is it for another firm? Is it for the same firm? However, it's not being followed up quite well. So the disclosures, if you look at the data on disclosures, there are just uh, blanket statements like for loans. Now for loans, for what? For <laughs> working capital, for long-term uh, reasons, for expansion, for you know, marriage, education, the loans for what? We, we don't know. Um, similarly, the Reserve Bank of India, which is the central bank of the country, that has actually uh, warned, warned the market a number of times that uh, pledging of the exposure of financial institutions and banks to pledging of shares it is so large now that it can become a systemic issue in the future. But let's get this straight that pledging is a perfectly legal way to raise funds. So both SEBI and RBI, they cannot ban it because it is an asset which the promoters hold and they can give any of their assets as collateral to raise money. So right now, the stance of regulators, both RBI and SEBI is to warn uh, the investors, warn the public, uh, you know, keep telling people about using it judiciously more responsibly. SEBI has been trying to improve disclosure requirements, but uh, we still have a long way to go. It's very interesting 
When you talk to a family who's about to practice share pledging, what are your key pieces of advice so that they can make a success out of this? Right. So uh, my first thing would be don't get into a pledging trap. The second point would be to have transparency, communicate well, because a lot of times lack of communication actually accentuates the negative impact. And the third thing would be to use the money well and not take it for granted. Thank you, Nupur. I mean, incredibly useful advice here coming from you. Um, thank you so much. We're, of course, delighted to hear that you'll be digging deeper into this topic. Could you tell us a little bit more about what to expect from your future research direction? All right. So uh, some of the research which is already underway uh, basically evaluates the factors which prompt the promoters to pledge. So uh, remember, they're different from consequences. So consequences is after they've pledged and factors is before they are actually going in for pledging. Uh, we also want to look at the risks, rewards, and motivations of the promoters when pledging their shares, because as I mentioned uh, some time back, that there is a divergence of risks and rewards for the promoters when they pledge their shares. And the purpose of pledge also has a big role. The motivation of motivation for pledging plays a big role in this diversion of a divergence of risks and rewards. So we would like to evaluate the risks, rewards, and motivations of the promoters when pledging their shares. We're also going to look at pledging from an entrepreneurial financing angle because it definitely is a legit way of raising money. And why not? If it keeps the internal capital markets of a business group going or uh, you know, it helps raise funds for uh, financing a new venture which has a lot of potential, then why not? So we would also like to do a lot of case study-based research in order to understand the nuanced variations in promoter choices and the causes and consequences of, of their decisions. We're very much looking forward to it, Nupur, and hope that you'll be back on the Family Business Voice to share these insights with us and our listeners. Thank you very much for speaking with us today. Thank you so much, Ramya. It's been a pleasure. Thank you for listening to the Family Business Voice. Subscribe to our channels now on iTunes, TuneIn, Stitcher, or Spotify to be notified of our weekly episodes.